Hey everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the DIY Small Business Podcast. Really glad you're here and really excited to share this interview. Um, we're talking about social media and mental health in business, which I can never talk too much about. Very important things. I'm otherwise heading into my weekend. I'm having a really nice week of client work and catch-ups and seeing friends and I'm here if you need tech or web design support or business mentoring and yeah that's, that's all I want to say I think wishing you a really beautiful weekend and lots of joy and ease in your business thank you for listening Hey everyone, I'm really excited to speak to Jen of Rock Rose Digital today. As you know, I'm excited to speak to more small business owners who have interesting stories and just kind of exciting, refreshing approaches to business. So Jen is offering copywriting and social media services, um, which we'll hear more about in a minute. And we connected after I received her guest newsletter on the Sunday newsletter from Ali Tria, who's also been on the podcast a few episodes back. And it was just really lovely to receive that on a Sunday. I, I tried to not read too many emails on Sundays, but Ali's is one that I'm really always looking forward to. And I also really love the idea that Ellie was away on her honeymoon and invited other people um, to kind of cover those weeks. And it was really cool to get to know other people in her community. So when Jen popped into my inbox, I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> do you want to talk to me? <laughs> and here we are. So, hey, Jen, thank you so much for making time and speaking to me. Not a problem. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. <laughs> I always start by uh, crowning the conversation and asking people where you are in the world right now and what nature is like around you, just so that we can get a sense of how this conversation is coming to be. Uh, so I currently live in Shrewsbury in Shropshire. So that's the West Midlands of England. And um, I am very lucky that our house is in like nearly two acres of land. So we've got a really big garden. There's like squirrels and rabbits in the garden. And um, my cat keeps bringing in mice. It's a nightmare. Um, but yeah, the nature at the moment, all of the trees are turning and it's my favorite time of year. It's not too cold, but it's a little bit blustery. And yeah, all of the colors are in that transitional stage going from green to and um, the kind of the yellowy orange colors at the minute and yeah it's, it's really nice mm -hmm. that sounds beautiful and just as a silly side note i love the word shrub shift so much just want to say <laughs> it all day because there's just something so cool and cute and exciting about these this combination of letters anyway <laughs> <laughs> i have never heard anyone say that before so that's brilliant <laughs> Well, um, there you go. Um, so how would you describe your work if you met someone? I know the, the idea of, a, of an elevator pitch is a bit stressful. You definitely have more time than that. <laughs> but let us know what you're doing. Um, so I do social media and copywriting for heart-centered business owners, people that have got a purpose, who live for a cause and not applause. Um, people that yeah, have this passion that they want to fulfill and don't know how to convey that passion to other people. Um, so I try and help them find the words that they need and try and find their community and create that community feel around their business. Um, and I really try to focus on the people and not the numbers, kind of very much like Ellie's mm -hmm. ethos of love over numbers. Um, it's all about connections rather than you know how many followers uh, sorry how many followers you have mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's so important because it's so easy, especially when we're setting out, to get really hung up on those numbers and get into comparison and worry that we're just not doing something right. And actually, I think, yeah, it's meant to be fun and connect us to other people and give us a space to share about our work in a way that's kind of meaningful and and authentic and honest and doesn't feel like constantly shouting from the rooftops, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And like... So my background before digital was hospitality. That's what I did for 12 years. And the kind of basis of hospitality, certainly for me, because I was working for smaller, independently run boutique venues, um, you there was that focus on learning everything you could about your regulars and, you know, what dishes they preferred, what table they preferred, all of those little things. And every time they came to visit, you would build on your relationship with them. And that became like you know the backbone of the restaurant people came back because you remembered them and they felt valued and I really try to bring that same ethos to how I build my business and how I help my clients build theirs um, you, know, you can have 10,000 people following you and if not one of them is picking up the phone then it's kind of it's it's pointless um, you know it's really should be about the quality of those relationships and not how many you have Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such an interesting comparison. I was just thinking about this little village that I moved to, which has only one venue where you can eat out and it's a chip <laughs> shop. And in the chip shop, they already know how I like my chips and they don't even ask if I want salt on them anymore. And they know that I'm bringing my little Tupperware thingy because I don't want to create more plastic waste and no one's <laughs> rolling their eyes anymore. It's really cute and I feel so appreciated. So actually, yeah, that's a beautiful way of looking at it yeah cool um so I would love to hear a little bit more about how you made that transition from hospitality to starting your own little studio or agency I don't know which which word you like to use but I know that you also started with no capital like me which always makes my heart sing and I'm always like Whew, other people do it too and I don't want to pretend or like you know just just pretend that it's so easy if you just have 50 grand you can do it too yay <laughs> yeah um so I was in hospitality for 12 years and that like I my final position was managing a Michelin star restaurant so it's like quite high caliber um and something really really horrid happened at that last venue and I was like okay enough is enough like I can't do hospitality anymore and all of my life had been hospitality up until that point that was my vision for the rest of my life I had no other skills necessarily no other experience even though I'd learned so many skills in hospitality um I, I knew nothing else and so after hospitality for about two or three years I was doing temp job after temp job just everything was quite soulless and really not giving me any fulfillment. I had no purpose whatsoever. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life anymore. Um, previously, my vision had always been to run my own venue. And yeah, that had kind of been taken away from me so unexpectedly. And I didn't know what to do with the rest of my life. And then um, when I was in hospitality, I did social media and marketing for quite a few of the venues um, that I worked in. And it came really naturally to me. Um, writing bits for websites and um, I really got a knack for it and I really enjoyed building up relationships online as much as I did offline and I saw how much more it 
um, kind of amplified those real life connections. You know, the fact that I've been able to keep in touch with people and see what bed they were eating in between visits to me and stuff. Um, so I guess social media and digital marketing kind of felt like a natural progression for me. Um, it was a similar sort of instant gratification that I got as well. You know, you can see instant results as soon as you post something on Instagram and in the same way that I would see instant satisfaction from giving someone a plate of food. Um, so it, yeah, it felt like a natural progression for me. And after two years of drifting, um, someone that I had worked with previously, she ran her own digital agency. So I was working for her and I still didn't feel valued or, um, recognized as such like my work wasn't being paid for it was kind of like an add-on and there were a lot of other issues like I wasn't getting paid on time and all sorts of stuff it was really icky um a lot of the lessons I've learned about how to run a business has come from them and like how not to run a business <laughs> um and then it was December 2017 the week before Christmas I got made redundant and yeah I had no money to my name this um agency were really good at paying me late i'd had a lot of bank charges because they paid me late and things were just a bit of a nightmare my mental health was terrible um the worst it's ever been i was looming like my 30th birthday was looming and um oh my I, god wow <laughs> yeah i felt like like my 30 years so far hadn't lived for any like i had no purpose um i was single in debt no job like not wanting to get out of bed at all um i didn't feel like i had a reason to keep going so things were really shit i sorry for swearing <laughs> um yeah and i didn't want to make it to my 30th birthday things were really bad and um then yeah i set up rock rose um, I think it was the 2nd of January, 2018. And I didn't get any clients for two months. I just kept chipping away, kind of showing up on Instagram, giving value and trying to help people. And eventually things started trickling through and it gave me um, a sense of purpose again, a sense of direction and, you know, oh my God, someone cares. <laughs> like I have to now show up for someone else and that sense of responsibility. And yeah, it's kind of, grown from there and I couldn't imagine doing anything else like to start off with I had no intention of running my own business or doing it for a long time it was just a way to keep the roof over my head and keep my cat fed and um and then yeah two years on and I, I love it I could not imagine doing anything else now that's so beautiful thank you so much for sharing I mean not just beautiful also incredibly difficult and really hard and such a big yeah, big, um, it sounds like a really big Saturn return. I'm not sure if you're into astrology, but I think um, there's this idea that at the end of our 20s, for many of us, like lots of things come to our head. And in your case, it sounds like extra difficult with so many things happening in a really short period of time and feeling a bit lost in between like the job and the being late, paid late and all the difficulties with that. Like I so can relate to the anxiety of like, and the shame also of having to ring people up again and again and say like, hey, you know, you still haven't paid me. Exactly. <laughs> what is happening? That is such a an awful, disempowering situation to be in. And um, yeah, so well done for finding a better way of doing it. That's really Thank cool. Thank you. 
And also for making it through this first period. I think actually finding your first clients within two months is really quick for lots of people. I mean, it really depends on where you're starting from in the industry, of course. But I think, yeah, it just really takes time. And it's so, it takes so much courage to stick with it in those first two months. I think many of us in that time are just like, okay, okay, I tried. I'm going to try and get a job now yeah. if, if I can. So, yeah. Yeah. I've seen so many people, like, obviously social media, it says, tells one story for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and people only show the good bits. They don't show how long it does take mm-hmm. to get that first client or how long it does take to start actually making money um, and being able to cover your bills mm-hmm. and, um like cash flow sometimes still is an issue you can't predict when people are going to pay or if they're going to pay late and stuff so it can still be an issue but um now I am at a point where it is a lot more regular I do have steady income and it's it's wonderful I'm now making more money than I ever have done in a salary job Mm -hmm. um but I do try to be open about how long that has taken and the struggles you know there's this time last year it's like January I made 600 pounds which was barely enough to keep like to cover my bills Mm. and I was looking at getting a full-time job things were not great um Mm. just through a few different circumstances I lost a few clients and I was even messaging my current clients saying I will give you money off your next invoice if you can send some people my way um and like now I'm earning a, a lot more than 600 pounds which is great um yeah. but it's those struggles that aren't shown and yeah. yeah there's so many people that freak out that it's taking you know a few months mm. six months maybe before they start seeing any real real progress mm. and I think it's really important to be open about that things don't happen overnight mm. unless you are very very lucky or you've done it in a very considered timely transitional way Mm. um but yeah I kind of it was a sink or swim thing for me I had no job and I needed to keep the roof over my head like things were I at the time I was living in a flat that had a meter for the electricity Mm. so there were a number of occasions where I would shower in the dark or had to make a decision between food and heating it was it was really miserable um Mm. and I am so so grateful that things have changed so quickly and I am now in such a like uh, an amazing position compared to like 18 months ago yeah yeah thank you for sharing that I also want to say I feel like even after years of things becoming a lot more stable and there's really like this grounding into the trust that the next project and the next client and next pain is always coming there's still moments because I think we live in a culture where having a period of of that kind of struggle is so shaking our core because there's no real solidarity or backup plan and you can lose so much in such a short period of time that even for me now I'm approaching my fifth birthday now and I had similar experiences in my first and sometimes in my second year in business I still have these moments where I just need to stock my cupboard with dried food until it bursts just to kind of really feel like I'm safe now this is okay I can pay rent um it's going to be great and 
Yeah, and I think talking about that and unsharing it really, really helps so much. And I admire that you are able to talk about that so openly right from the start, because if I'm honest at the time, like in the first two years of my business, I really didn't have the courage to speak about those struggles openly because I was so deep in the story that in order to attract clients, I had to really make make it look as if I totally had it together myself oh yeah I completely get it <laughs> because I thought otherwise you know who's gonna hire me they're just gonna be worried about me missing deadlines and the truth is I have I really can't remember ever having missed a, a real deadline you know or like ever letting a client down on a promise I've made that doesn't mean my work is always perfect I definitely make mistakes but I actually have such a strong sense of responsibility sometimes to an extent that isn't even good for me. But yeah, so I, I wonder if you have any tips on finding courage to really be yourself in business or like what has made that easier for you? Um, I think maybe the stuff that I went through before I started my um, self-employed journey, the thing that made me leave hospitality was really horrid. And I had PTSD for six months afterwards and went through counselling. And I think it was that counselling process that um, allowed me to really take ownership of myself and my life and my direction. Um, and um, the counselling <coughs> did a lot of internal work. So I kind of, I guess, stopped caring too much about what other people think um, and just try to find like I actually listened to my own convictions for the first time in my life um and went with what my heart felt was right um and I think I've learned to just be open embrace me for me and if people don't like it then they, they don't like it they don't have to um but then the people that do they're my people and I'm never letting them go <laughs> yeah. yeah that makes sense thank you um, I'm also wondering like what your relationship to social media generally is like right now. I really love <clears throat> what I saw of you online. I'm not on social media myself anymore, but you just have such a nice, um, inviting, warm, honest voice. Um, I also saw that you are working or you were working on a campaign called Scroll Free September, which really excited me. So I would yep. love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, so my relationship with social media, I think... I do struggle with it. It is my main form of procrastination and I always kid myself that it's for work when, you know, hours have passed and I've not actually done anything productive. Um, and I am aware of that. If I start my day by picking up my phone, then it's kind of game over from there. I really struggle to um, regain that control on it. Um, and I know it's something that I need to work on. Um, I know it's something that where my mental health isn't great, I will go to it more. Um, and it's almost, I, I can't get out of that spiral. Um, but it's something I'm really aware of as well. I love it. And I love the connection. I love the relationships I have made. And um, right now, I couldn't imagine kind of working in anything else and doing anything else. Um, so I do really enjoy it. Um, there obviously are negatives, which I am also trying to combat in another project that I'm doing for mental health. Um, and yes, school fee September. So um, I was approached by the Royal Society of Public Health last year to do a guest blog for them about um, like my top tips for managing your digital self-care. 
um, which was amazing. And I should have done another blog for them this time, but I just didn't get around to it. Um, my diary was so busy for work in uh, August. I mean, that's so, great. <laughs> yeah, great problem to have. <laughs> um, but yeah, so digital self-care is something that I am really um, interested in. And I would love to do um, like a workshop or a course around that. Um, and I'm also working on a mental health app very in the very very early stages but it's something that I'm really really passionate about and using social media and technology as a force for good because it gets such a bad rep but it's so powerful if we just kind of learn to use it in the right way yeah yeah that makes sense I'm so excited for the app and would love to read the article as well what are kind of like your beginners tips that you like sharing with people who also want to learn more about digital self-care my top tips um I think it's creating a space that is truly your own um I think you know everyone has social media now and we've got the power to follow whoever we want and craft this world ourselves um so we are fully in control of what we're taking in in terms of content so if something isn't working for you like if someone's making you feel bad about yourself or uh some a business account is you know making you feel bad or angry like just unfollow them like there's no obligation to follow anybody um or do anything just really craft a world that is good for you and your mental health like there's there's no reason to not i don't think um and i think there's too much pressure to maybe be seen to be following certain accounts or sharing certain things but people care a lot less than you think um, or pay attention a lot less than you think it's I think it's all about taking ownership and kind of really trying to control your own little world and your own little bubble yeah <clears throat> yeah that's um, I feel the same way and I think it can be really powerful if we are approaching it with a lot of intention to really connect with accounts and people who share things that feel uplifting and also I want to add to that you if if you really can't unfollow someone because you you are worried about feeling like it's letting them down you can still just mute their account you know exactly and, <laughs> and, and no one knows <laughs> yeah exactly no one knows <laughs> yeah that's super true um how are you dealing with the pressure to always be on there all the time not just as a consumer but also as someone sharing content and kind of working with the algorithm in that way um it can seem quite laborious sometimes or like it's coming from a place of kind of having to do it rather than wanting to do it um kind of obligation rather than love and whenever i feel like that i always try and take a break take a step back and kind of allow myself to fall in love with it again and fall in love with making connections and it coming from that place rather than feeling like i have to show up and it coming from almost like a fear of a place of fear or desperation um which is how it can come across for some people you can tell that they are almost forcing themselves to show up um and i can't remember what your question was <laughs> i think you have already covered it quite a bit i was just wondering like how you're dealing with the pressure to always be consistent and to be present and to share in order to not kind of lose that momentum and work with the algorithm yeah so i try to plan as much as possible i don't always schedule stuff for myself um 
just because uh, the world of social media, there's updates and changes all the time. So at least plan things. So it's, that's less overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am really honest with myself if I ever need a break, or like I said, if it ever com- feels like it's coming from a place of kind of forced obligation, I stop and take a step back. Cause to me, it's really important to show up like authentically and genuinely rather than feeling like I have to put on this happy smiley face. Cause that's really not what my brand is about. I really try to show business owners that if they need to take a break for a day, a week, a month, whatever, that's fine. They can't expect growth in that time, but equally the world isn't going to end if they don't show up on Instagram. Like, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's absolutely fine. And if it's just about doing what is right for you, um, which I think again is something that a lot of social media like it doesn't put it isn't portrayed enough mm. on social media people feel like they have to be on it all the time and to do it a certain way um but yeah it's there to just create and do however you want yeah yeah that's so true I also really love your brand values I have them in front of me so I'll just name them the mental health girl power and ethically your own roles which is so sweet can you maybe <laughs> talk a little bit more about how you came to them or also I wondered and I don't want to make my question too complex but basically in the beginning I, before we started recording it already said I really love your website copy so much and I feel it's really clear and like I really got a sense right away from what, of what you're offering and what it would be like to work with you and I think that's for many of us quite a complex process like I know that until the summer when I worked with Sophie Dale who's amazing and who helped me kind of figure my copy out I felt so you know and kind of sort of knew I had my information on my website but copywriting was such a big blind spot for me and I just kind of saw your brand values for example was like oh man yeah that seems so clear and straightforward to me and I wonder how you got to that place um I think I really wanted to make sure that I stamped my identity and how I'm different to other social media people there's so many social media managers out there there's a lot of courses now for um that you can learn online how to do social media and it's a lot of mums or working mums stay-at-home mums that are now picking up Um, social media as a career because it's quite flexible around you know being a working mum which is fine and it's amazing that so many people are wanting to do social media but it means that I've had to try and work quite hard at crafting myself my own little unique position and pocket of this industry. Um, Mental health is something that's really important to me um, not just because of my history with Uh, anxiety and depression but it's how I've shaped my business it's how my business has grown and I do take it really gently if a client isn't necessarily the right fit for me either before or during working with them I am quite honest about that and um, you know I only take on work that I know is actually going to be beneficial for my mental health and not detrimental Um, girl power is a big thing for me ever since kind of that counseling that I went through um, I have become a feisty feminist and I am more than okay with that. <laughs> I want to work with your therapist. This is the second time I've been thinking about this. Like, oh my God, who is this person? <laughs> it was just through a charity, actually, through like kind of what I'd been through. I got appointed by the police. Um, and yeah, it's the, I'd had therapy and like CBT before years ago. But yeah, this woman, she dug deep and within about two sessions, we uncovered and like resolved everything that I needed to 
um and I had no idea like I was like we're never going to do this in like the eight weeks that we've got I mean yeah we she did it in two she was a magician um so yeah the girl power I'm yeah I just want to support other female business owners because it's tough and I think there's not a lot of help out there certainly not honest help and again I think women are more pressured or we feel under more pressure to have to show up in a certain way and do things a certain way or like we're going to do things wrong and break our business but it's that's just not true um so for me it's really wanting to support other female business owners and then yeah the ethically grown brand value is um even though i am a one girl band i still want to make sure that i'm looking after the environment and supporting local people as much as possible so yeah i do recycle i do try and have a paper-free system and as much as possible i do visit um like independent local venues and support them mm-hmm. yeah yeah <coughs> sorry <laughs> um, i also feel like a side effect of the way we build small businesses in like these networks of solidarity is that we are each giving each other more headspace to really question the wider structural systems in which we're operating like I I remember when I was in employment there were so many things I did really care about and really wanted to like offer resistance to and and challenge and dream up in a better way but I just was under so much pressure and like just like half an hour to read on a Friday afternoon um after coming home from work felt so precious you know like between 40 hour work week lots of overtime that was unpaid commuting to and back from work just doing your dishes and your laundry there was just so little headspace to think about these bigger questions in life and so I am so grateful to work within these communities where we're in some ways very proactive and we're like okay I guess we all have to make a living and pay bills and all that kind of stuff but how can we do that in a way that also kind of leaves us space to be humans and to explore and question things and really support each other in an authentic way rather than creating just alternative systems of um, competition and um, that kind of stuff so yeah Yeah, yeah, it's like seeing so many companies just going through the motions, mm. like it's quite soulless and I need to feel like I'm part of like a higher purpose, like I know social media is a completely fickle thing and um, you know the world isn't going to end if social media disappears one day, um, but for me it's kind of how can I shape my business so that I'm a cog of part of like a higher purpose or like a bit of a ripple effect. Mm. It's why I like working with the kind of clients that I work with. Um, you know, they each have their own purpose and they help people in their own different ways. And yeah, I, I may only do social media, but it's my little ripple effect, mm. like me helping them helps other people, helps other people. And it's, it's how that grows then yeah. and kind of makes the world a better place. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So wanky, but so true. <laughs> no, it's really true. And I think like doing social media is nothing like only about doing social media. I think that it really grows people's confidence a lot to feel like they have a system in place and they know what they want to share about and they have tools that make it a little bit easier. Even if it's just something like using later.com to type something out on your screen rather than your phone. I yeah. think it's just when we run a small business, it's so easy to forget that we wear all these different hats at once. Like we do our beekeeping, we do customer care, 
we do our graphic design, maybe we've built our own website. And I think when this point comes where we can bring someone like you in and we're like, okay, there's at least this one thing that I'm going to get support around. There's like, oh, like this full body exhale. And we're like, okay, you know, there's, there's space now in other areas to grow and really take ownership and step into my power. But I also have a little bit of support around social media and like many of my clients feel really overwhelmed and would probably really benefit from that support so yeah I think that's great thank you <laughs> do thank you have you. any tips for getting into the headspace of writing either for social media or for websites um I think it's all about really really understanding who you're speaking to um you can say something and it you know it doesn't matter how well crafted your message is if it's not what your the purpose the person on the other end wants to hear mm -hmm. it's completely irrelevant um so trying to i have crafted quite a elaborate customer persona for my brand mm -hmm. um and for the first time ever i actually shared it in a workshop on friday with the people there and it was only then they really understood like the need to create this persona so um you're really trying to fully understand not just like their age and you know whether they have a dog or not it's you know their fears what challenges they're overcoming how their life might change at different times of year and um like i've given her a name my persona so i almost speak to her like a best friend mm -hmm. and sometimes i'll sit there writing like okay what would joanne do right now like what what's she up to <laughs> how can i help her today <laughs> yeah so it's as much as it makes me look completely mental when I'm doing my own writing at home and um, I think it works it seems mm -hmm. to it's done me justice anyway mm -hmm. yeah I want to expand on that a little bit and like let me know if if you have a different view on working with the persona but I also call um this a CTA like a client avatar but whatever you want to call it is totally fine yeah. I think giving it a name is really really sweet as well or her yeah. and I think to me the idea is to really kind of sit with this specific person that you're trying to talk to or create something for something that's really helping me is to create stuff that's for my younger self so I think my persona actually has a lot in common with my younger self when I was starting a business because yeah. I would have wanted the kind of support I now offer to small business owners especially around tech and group coaching and that kind of stuff and yeah like you said really kind of trying to think about what is this person struggling with what are they worried about like what kind of support do they want what is their budget where do they live like what do their days look like and how can I meet them in the best way possible and like communicate to them in a way that feels transparent and empowering just like that gives them all the information they need in order to make like a liberated choice about whether or not they want to work with me. Um, I think that's so helpful. And sometimes I hear people get a little bit stuck around this idea of like, okay, but if I identify this person so clearly, like what about everyone else? But I think actually that's kind of almost irrelevant because as long as you create the space in which you can really express yourself and create while you're thinking about this particular person this will inevitably be interactive to other people as well and we're not all the same it's totally impossible to predict what every single one of your customers ever wants but of by course, kind of yeah. like getting clear about one of them you're making your life so much easier well yeah that's exactly I think 
at my workshops, a lot of people, when I do this exercise with them, they immediately think of their broad spectrum of all of their clients. I'm like, no, 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 like whittle it down, whittle it down to like that person that really lights you up, that gets you out of bed. Like that's your reason for getting out of bed every morning. You know, they're going to tell every single person about how amazing you are. Mm -hmm. They are going to be your biggest fan. That's your person. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't, it doesn't negate anybody else at all. It attracts the right people, the people that buy into it. And if you show up as this persona consistently, um, your audience, they might not necessarily fit that model perfectly, but then they can understand enough about you to make a decision then as to whether you are for them or not. Mm -hmm. um, like not one of my clients fits my persona perfectly by any means. Mm -hmm. um, like she's quite liberal and like, down to earth and a little bit of a hippie um and quite um flamboyant in some respects but also a really like down to earth like motherly type um but then i have a b2b very male orientated business that i do copywriting for on a regular basis but it's the fact that I've shown up as a consistent persona, they have been able to buy into and been like, okay, no, like Jen is who we want to work with, which is great. Absolutely great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay. <laughs> is there anything else that you would like to share with us before you go? Anything that comes to mind? Um, the only thing is, is that I'm doing consultations at the moment. I have eight spaces left for the rest of the year. So these are one-to-one -one sessions, taking a deep dive on your business, doing an audit on what your social media is currently doing at the minute, and then making a five-step action plan for how to turn things around. And now is the perfect time before the end of the year, the end of the decade to make those changes and start 2020 in the best way possible. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, I was going to ask next what you're currently offering. Where can people find you if they want to know more? Um, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Mm -hmm. All of my handles are the same at rockrosedigital and also rockrosedigital.co.uk. Cool. And we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Also, mm -hmm. oh my God, it's also the end of the decade. You're totally I know. right. Oh my God. <laughs> so scary, isn't it? Like where did that last 10 years go? <laughs> yeah, that's so wild. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. And thank you so much also for everything else that you shared. I'm excited to share this conversation and I'll link to everything in the show notes and it's just been really great to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Pam. <laughs>